Welcome to the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast, featuring the original hockey insider, Bob McKenzie. Hey, that's me, answering your questions on hockey or just about anything else, within reason, of course. If you have a question you would like answered, email me at bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. And we'll try to get it on the Bobcast. We were a blowout of wicked proportions. An accidental company. Hey, everyone. Welcome back for year two of the At TSN Hockey Bobcast. I can't wait to get started. Although, technically, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait a little bit. I do plan on doing one preseason episode of the Bobcast later this month, probably on Friday, September 22nd. But we'll start things up for real on Friday, October 6th, the first Friday of the new National Hockey League regular season. And like last year, we plan on going every other Friday with the Bobcast. As always, if you have a question for the Bobcast, be sure to email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B. C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca. In the meantime, I'm hoping you might perhaps enjoy this preseason interview I did with Ottawa Senator General Manager Pierre Dorian. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did conducting it. Thanks for listening to the Bobcast. And if you're not already subscribing to the Bobcast, be sure to do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, tsn.ca, or wherever you get your podcast. So look forward to another season of the Bobcast. Come back at you on Friday, September 22nd. And uh, here's that interview I promised you. Pierre, the Ottawa Senator surprised a lot of people last year. And you were not one of them. Because you told me at the beginning of last season, and it wasn't just because you were the general manager of the team, you firmly believed that that was a playoff team. And it was. So congratulations. Thank you. What did you see in them last year that maybe other people didn't? I think uh, they were ready to embrace a new system, a new coach. I think the players were hungry to have success. And uh, that is, that's why that I just felt that this team was ready to take the next step to get to the playoffs. I'm guessing this should come as no surprise to you, but uh, there probably will be a lot of people who make predictions this year that the Senators are the team that are going to fall out of the playoffs. Um, so what would you, uh, I'm going to guess again that you're not one of those people who believe that? No, I don't and believe Why not? I don't believe that. I think uh, last year making the playoffs was not luck. I think uh, we're as competitive a team as we were last year. Obviously, we lost a few pieces, but I think we replaced those pieces. And I feel that uh, last year was a stepping stone for us to get in the playoffs. And again, this year, it won't be easy to make the playoffs, but, but I feel very confident saying that the Ottawa Senators are a playoff team. I think you can at least, most people can understand why there would be questions about the Senators repeating when you talk about, you know, Tampa's going to, the division should be tougher. Tampa should be better. Florida is likely going to be less injured. But you've also got, you lost Mark Mathot in the expansion draft, who was a top pairing guy with Eric Carlson. And speaking of Carlson, that's probably the, the biggest thing is, is what's the injury impact here. So you've got Eric Carlson coming off foot surgery. You've got Derek Broussard uh, coming off ailments what are the updates on both of those guys in terms of how soon they might be ready to play for you well let's start with eric because i think he's pretty important uh with eric uh we hope in the next 10 days or so that he starts skating once he starts skating we'll have a better idea when he's going to uh get back into our lineup uh we hope that it's october 5th but it could be two weeks after three weeks after it could be within that first week of the season so i think we'll have a much better idea once 
Eric starts skating. Is there any chance it could drift over to like the beginning of November where you lose him for the first month of the season? I, I can't foresee that happening. I can't. And with Derek, uh, Derek's been skating for a while. He hasn't had any contact, but he's probably, from what I can tell and what our trainers have told me, in the best shape of his life. And it's just uh, how the shoulder will react once he starts contact drills. He will be skating during training camp. It's just he'll probably have a different color jersey on and how the shoulder, the strength holds up in the shoulder. But I think once October 5th comes around, I think there's a good chance. But if it goes into the f- second week of the year, I think we'll see Derek at some point in time in October. Obviously getting those guys back healthy as soon as possible is enormous in terms of repeating as a, as a playoff team. Assuming that you have reasonably good health, what specifically do you like about your team this year that you think will allow them to get back into the playoffs? Well, I, I think last year at the start of the year there was an adjustment period for our players. Our players, our coaching staff, um, both all our coaches weren't in the NHL in the, previous, in the previous year. So I think nothing is new for us. We've added a few players that have come on board, but if you look at adding Nate Thompson, he's played under Guy Boucher's system before. I think you look at a guy like Johnny Oduya, he's played for systems with the Devils that were more structured toward the defensive system. So I think adding those two guys, I think the adjustment period for a team won't be as long as when we started last year. So that should help us probably get a few more points early in the year than in previous season and in previous year. I think one of the real strengths of your organization and it has been for some time now has been your goaltending. So you, you've got Craig Anderson. So first and foremost, um, can you give us a little bit of an update on, on Craig and, and Nicole for that matter? Because obviously what they went through last year was difficult for them, but also an inspiration to the team. Um, how's Nicole doing? Nicole's doing good. Uh, as far as we know, everything is good right now. You, you know, cancer's a very deadly disease, and uh, you know, it's never, I, I don't think it's never not in your system. I, I think it, I, I'm not an expert, but I think it stays, but it's not, it's not active. So she's doing great, and Craig is very happy with his situation. I think we're going to have our goaltending, goaltending can only be better than what it was last year because we have Condon now from day one, and at the same time, we should have Craig for all 82 games. So the I think expectation it, is that Craig can be a full time goalie this year. Without a doubt. Those are the expectations that he'll be there for all 82 games. Now, injuries do happen over the course of the season, but I think having that tandem really um, allows us to, especially with 19 back-to-backs, or 18 or 19 back-to-backs, allows us to have a very good goaltending tandem. Yeah, with that many back-to-backs, you're not loving your schedule, are you? I hate our schedule, but that's part of the game. (laughs) Last year, I thought we had a very favorable schedule, and when the schedule came out this year, I wasn't too keen or happy about it, but you know what, there's some years that things fall more into place, and this year, you know, we have, we're, I think we're the team, us in Pittsburgh have the most back-to-backs, and we're just going to have to thrive through it, through it. So that makes the signing of Condon, like, as you point out, that much more important. By the way, you, you know, nominated for Executive of the Year last year, that Condon deal was probably one of the big reasons why you acted swiftly, you got him at a real fifth-round pick, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Into the lineup, and, and he was a, a season saver for you when Anderson wasn't around. Now you've got him on a two-year contract, and Anderson's, what, in the final year of his deal. So there's insurance there that, depending on what happens next year with Craig, um, you know, Condon is a guy that you've got a lot of faith in. Yeah, Condon's a guy we have faith in, but we're not turning the page on Craig. Uh, Hopefully I'll have discussions with his agent, um, you know, over the course of training camp. Craig is someone we'd like to keep with the organization. I think Craig would like to retire as a center. 
and you know uh, of course obviously it was one of the good deals that we made but I think the credit goes a lot to our pro scouts who advise us and goalie coach on making the Condon deal and the reason I got nominated for executive of the year is because our players played well. Mark Mathot, um left via the the expansion draft. Um, he was a very important player in in your scheme of things last year, playing some big minutes with with Eric Carlson in in that uh, in that role. Um, he hasn't technically been replaced by a veteran National Hockey League player, but a lot of people are projecting that maybe Thomas Shabbat can step right into your lineup now. I'm the last guy in the world that wants to put too much pressure on a kid coming out of junior hockey. Um, but by the same token, everything we've seen from Thomas Shabbat suggests that he might have a chance to be sort of a special young player. Is, is it as simple as saying that Mathot's out and Shabbat's in? No, I think it's whoever seven best defensemen are when camp ends. It might be eight if Eric's not ready to go. And if Thomas is in there, those seven and eight, he'll be on the team, whatever role the coach decides for him. It'll be, I know Thomas will rise up to the opportunity. We've seen uh, how he acted last year after he was sent back after a month in the NHL. He took it. I'm going to show everyone that I'm, I, I'm the best defenseman in junior. He was definitely the best defenseman in junior. Some could say he was the best defenseman out the, outside the NHL last year. And for a guy like Thomas Shabbat, uh, whatever, we know he's going to be a very important player for us, uh, I think, in the near future. But setting expectations for a 20-year-old defenseman, especially on defense, sometimes can be a bit dangerous. We hope he can help us, but at the same time, at the same time we're not putting him in the Hall of Fame tomorrow. He was the 18th overall pick in, in 2015. And obviously, you knew when you drafted him, he was a good player. You liked him. That, that's why you took him there. But as I said... And as you said, after he got sent back to junior hockey last year, his game like took off to another level that surprised a lot of people, in, including myself. And the manner in which he played at the World Junior Championship, last year's World Junior Championship, there were two defensemen that jumped out and looked like they elevated their play to where you might say they could be special players that, that could really impact in the National Hockey League. One was Charlie McAvoy, who played for Team USA, and now he's a Boston Bruin, and you saw him in the playoffs. He immediately stepped in, and he was an impact guy. Um, and we're feeling the, the, the same sort of um, thing for Shabbat. How soon after you drafted him, or, or was it just this past year, when you realized that he was maybe on a different trajectory than before? Uh, well, for, for Thomas, it was, I think, in the second half of the year after he was drafted. Is when he, for us, he really started stepping up, really started taking control of games at the junior level. And for someone to do that the year after he was drafted or as an 18-year-old defenseman, it shows that you can be pretty special. I think, you know, he was disappointing uh, at development camp the previous summer and Randy Lee, our assistant GM, let him know about it. And for Randy to get mad, it, it doesn't happen too often. And all the criticism he got, he embraced it. He said, how can I be better? He took it as constructive criticism. And that's exactly what he did after we sent him back. He just took everything in stride. He, to me, he's matured as much off the ice as he has on the ice. And that really tells you that you have something special. You hate to put pressure on 20-year-olds, but he certainly looks like a kid who's got some wow factor. And yet, in head coach Guy Boucher, and I think Guy would take this as a compliment, it's not easy for 19 or 20 or 21-year-olds to get in a Guy Boucher lineup, is it? Uh, no, it's very hard for a 19, 20 or 21-year-old to get in a Guy. I think Guy's ideal team would be all 35-year-olds, and we do tease him about that. But he's done some pretty good. Like if you look at a guy like Ryan Zingle 
or even some of the younger guys on the team last year. He did a pretty good job with them. Good segue to 30-something-year-olds. Uh, Johnny Uduya, what do you think Johnny gives you at this stage of the game? Well, I always tease people that I have two bosses, Mr. Melnick and Eric Carlson. And uh, through the course of the summer, we contacted Johnny Uduya right when the uh, free agent period started. And Eric had a chance to meet with him um, middle to late July when Eric was in Sweden. And I know Geek had the chance to talk to Johnny on July 2nd or 3rd. And he was someone that we targeted right from the, uh, right when the free agent period started, our pro scouts. Uh, myself felt that he would be a good compliment if we ever lost Mark Mathot. And having his veteran, his leadership, he's been through everything. And we're a team that's trying to g get through everything to get to the Stanley Cup final. So having someone like that, I think, was just someone that helped. And I remember one morning, Eric phoned me, I think it was 6.45. He said, I met with him, I think we should sign him. I said, okay, Eric, I think we can, <laughs> we can try and work things out. I was going to say, does Eric get assistant GM in his title, or is he not an assistant? No, at times, uh, Eric's special, but uh, at times, he, I think it shows how much he cares about winning. Uh, for Eric to play through the pain and the injuries he had during the playoffs last year, phenomenal. it just tells you uh, how, but, how much about his character. And for him, you know, to, to call me, I think at a 6.45, after he'd met him for uh, coffee in Stockholm, just tells me his dedication to the Ottawa Senators. Johnny Oduya couldn't be more different in terms of his style of play and what he brings than Mark Mathot. And yet we talked earlier about Mathot out and whether Shabbat's in. So Mathot out, Oduya in, is, is probably closer to the actual replacement for Mark Mathot that I think he thinks that Oduya can play with Eric Carlson on a top pair, which gives you a different look than Mathot Carlson, but nevertheless. You know, it'll be up to the coach. I think uh, s since I've been named GM, never interfered about who, who was going to play, who was going to play. You hire people to do their job. I think Guy and our coaching staff have done a tremendous job over the course of the last year. And whether he looks at putting, you know, maybe he'll put Oduya with Cece. Maybe he'll put Finuff with Carlson. Maybe Finuff can play the right side. Maybe Finuff... Uh, plays with Oduya as a matchup pair, and Kleisen plays with um, Cece. Maybe Borowicki plays with um, Carlson. So th there's many things we can do. The thing is, is we know we have seven NHL defensemen plus Thomas Shabbat if we're healthy. So I th and I, I'll even throw in there Ben Harper. So I think we're in a pretty good position. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. You've got Finuff and Cece, obviously, and they played a lot together as the shutdown pair that allowed Eric to do different things with his game. At the beginning of last season, I think everybody would have conceded that the third pair in, in everybody's mind was Borowiecki for, for the bite and, and Weidman for skating and puck moving and, and a little bit of offense. But I think over the course of last season, one of the things that was a positive development for you guys was the development of both Freddie Clayson and, and Ben Harper. Um, do you anticipate that Clayson and Harper can, can get more top six minutes now? Oh, for sure, especially the way that they both played in the playoffs. When you put two guys that are in pretty much in their first year, Ben barely played only at the end of the year, in our lineup in tough series against the Boston, the Rangers, and the Penguins, who are as fast as any other team in the league, and those guys do fairly well, it just shows you that those guys can definitely play a top six role. Up front, it's mostly status quo, although you mentioned that, that Nate Thompson um, comes in, a useful depth guy who, as you said, has, has played for Guy in, in their Tampa Bay days and, and probably will team up. I think the guys used to joke that, uh, that Nate Thompson and Tommy Pyatt were like Guy's sons and now he's not just one, he's got two and he can maybe play them both on the same line. Yeah, well that's great. I think it, it, 
one thing I've learned as a general manager in all my years of experience is you have to work with your coach. If you don't work with your coach and you and your coach are on the same page, it's not going to be cohesive for team success. And of, of course, coaches all want Sidney Crosby's and Connor McDavid's on their top lines. But there, it's always where the chips may fall. But where you can really work with a coach is if you can get role players that the coach likes, especially in our situation of 18 or 19 back-to-backs, where you're going to need to play all your fourth lines, I think it can just help our team have success in tougher, grinding back-to-back games. Up front, it's, uh, you know, you've, you've got the, basically the same cast of characters coming back that performed well last year. Uh, potentially, you know, Hoffman playing with Turris and, and maybe Zach Smith on one line. Uh, Bobby Ryan, a healthy Derek Broussard once he's healthy, obviously. And, and Mark Stone, another line. Um, Dezingle and, and Pajot and either Burroughs or MacArthur. Um, MacArthur, by the way, was one of the great stories of, of last spring. Surprised everybody that suddenly he was cleared and able to play when a lot of us thought that his, his career was over. Um, does a guy like Clark MacArthur just pick up where he left off from last year and, and away we go? And, or is this a situation, because of the complexities of the whole concussion thing, where he's got to be cleared again, he's got to think about you know, the risks involved and, and go through that whole process that I'm sure he went to leading up to his return before the playoffs? I think it's a combination of both. I think uh, Clark played a lot on emotion last year. He was really excited to be back for a playoff run. You know, scored, I think, our biggest goal of the year when we beat uh, Boston in Game 6. Uh, so I think at the same time, we have to make sure that Clark is ready to put the time commitment and the doctors do clear him to make sure that everything is okay. I was a bit worried at the end of the year when he said he had a bit of neck pain, um, but everything seems on par for the course. He'll, be, he'll show up at camp uh, when training camp comes up Friday and uh, hopefully he, he can keep on playing. But I think as an organization, we have a certain duty, but more importantly, we're always going to follow the doctor's advice. They're, they're the ones that cleared him to play. Uh, we know how hard he worked to come back, and at the same time, they're the ones that are going to clear him to so play So is year. there some question as to whether, right out of the gate anyways, to start camp, he'd be cleared for contact? Uh, well, he's skated through the summer from what I know, so we'll ha- just have to wait and see once he shows up to camp to make sure that everything's all right. Okay, well, in any case, whatever, whatever the case, he's... Uh, Clark's a great guy and, uh, and a real good player, so uh, hoping the best for, uh, for him. In my 20 years, I don't think I've met a better guy, yeah. a better pro, a guy that you, you're always happy for the team's success, but when he scored that goal, uh, whether you believe in destiny or not, I thought it was, it was so, someone's will to say, this guy's worked so hard. You guys, it's the first series you've won our second series that we'd won since we went to the cup final we beat Montreal that was the only time we won a playoff series since we went to the cup against Anaheim so I think it was a sign from someone and you've obviously got Alex Burroughs into the mix as well with with Pyatt and Thompson we haven't mentioned Colin White and and again we talked a little bit about kids having to break in and earn their spurs with Guy Boucher but Colin White is is a real good young player who got a taste of things in the playoffs do you have any sense of where in the lineup he fits in? Does he fit in the lineup? Is he a National Hockey League player to start this season? Or potentially, could he be going to Belleville? Well, I was impressed with Colin White when he played our last game of the year against the Islanders. Very impressed. Uh, the plays he made, the plays he made with pace, he looked like an NHL player. Now, he didn't get a chance to play a lot in the playoffs. I think he only played three minutes in a game, if I'm not mistaken. 
so at the same time, uh, exhibition will determine if he's an NHL player right now. But at the same time, there's a golden opportunity. If Derek Broussard can't play for the first week or two, uh, it might open the door for a Colin White, might open the door for a Logan Brown to see what those guys can do, maybe even in an offense situation role. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how the exhibition games go. I think the coach's plan is to see how much Colin White can handle. And if he shows us that he can handle playing those types of minutes against NHL players, especially as the training camp goes on, then we'll have to put him on the team. Uh, you mentioned Logan Brown. And last year you kept Thomas Shabbat around. He didn't play um, but uh, much, but he, he was practicing with NHL players. He got a flavor for it, and that was by design. Is there any chance you would do the same thing with Logan Brown, or would he just go back to junior if, if he's not on the team? It's a case-by-case -case scenario. I think with Thomas last year, whether he was in our top seven or not, defenseman at the start of the year, uh, pretty much imposed on the coaches that he was going to stay around and see what it was like to be around the Carlsons, the Mathot, the Finuffs, the Cece's, the Borowicki. And it was beneficial for everyone. It was beneficial for Team Canada because I think that month that he stayed with us, helped him be a way better hockey player and with Logan Brown we'll have to assess that situation too if we feel that for his development uh, it might be Team USA that he helps which uh, some TSN fans won't be happy about but at the same time if we feel that that's the best course of action to do it's something that we will have to do now they're both different people uh, Thomas Shabbat uh, took it in stride it would Logan be the same probably but uh, they're different people it's it's how you adapt to what you're given. In terms of your, your depth players that, that spend time uh, in the American Hockey League and, and are pushing to, to try and get a spot, Nick Paul's a kid that, that's had experience now in the American Hockey League. He's from the Jason Spezza trade. Is, is this a year when maybe he can push open the door or is he simply locked into that more in the American League than the National League? Oh, we, feel, we still think Nick Paul's a very good prospect. When you have his size, his shot, uh, his ability to, with his range to check, to get pucks, I, we still feel that Nick Paul is a very solid NHL player. I've had teams phone me about Nick Paul. We're not trading Nick Paul. It's for him to step. I think Nick realized last year nothing was going to be given to him. The year before, he spent a lot of time with us. And last year, I think he only played one game at the end of the year. And you have to work hard at any level that you're at. And this year he's come into camp in the best shape he's ever been. Not by a little margin, by a significant margin. So he's taken it to heart that he knows how hard you have to work to be an NHL player. Max McCormick, Christy Domenico, some other guys, you've, you've, you've got bodies that I think you feel like you can put in the bottom part of your lineup. You've moved your farm team to, to Belleville. Um, how big a difference is that, that it's just down the 401 for you now? Well, I, I'm so excited about Belleville. On my way down to Toronto here, I stopped in, saw the new developments in the rink. It's going to be fantastic. I only have one question, though, about Belleville. Is, you know, I know it's not a bull anymore, but I used to like the bull when they scored the goals. The, the smoke would come out of the nose. I guess we can, they're the senators now. I guess you, you can't really put a senator on the wall with smoke coming out of his nose. No, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think our affiliation with Belleville is going to be something that helps our team. I think the proximity... I think uh, the people of Belleville are so excited to have our farm team there. I'm really looking forward to November 1st when the first game is played there, but I'm also looking forward to October 6th when I think we'll field a very competitive team in Belleville. I know Randy and Kurt and Paul Boutillier uh, that we're very happy to have on board uh, will put a good product on the ice, and I think we'll have a very competitive American League team. Let's go back to the big picture for a minute for the Sens organization. Um, 
some people have talked about there being an Eric Carlson window, if you will. Um, the fact that he's got two years left on his contract, he's eligible for an extension as early as next summer. And for an Ottawa Senator franchise that has this talent, who's uh, he, he's such a special player. I think we all saw that in the playoffs, that when you talk about Crosby and McDavid, there, there's no reason why you can't put Carlson into that same universe in terms of being being special. Um, Resigning him is going to be such a critical thing for your franchise as it is for, say, the New York Islanders um, resigning John Tavares. Does this become an important year? And they're all important. And, and I know every team wants to make the playoffs and expects to make the playoffs. But, you know, last year was to make the playoffs and show Eric Carlson, hey, we're the Ottawa Senators, we're a playoff team. Does it become important that you've got to do that again to demonstrate to him that that if you're going to stay here long term, that this is an organization that's on the right trajectory and that we can contend to win a Stanley Cup in a smaller market that isn't always a cap team? I think last year was important to show our players, our fans, not just Eric Carlson, that it was important to take a step in the right direction. I think this year we have to continue taking another step. Uh, and I'll, the, the goal is always to make the playoffs. Obviously, the biggest thing that will come on July 1st, 2018, will be the start of the discussions with Eric Carlson. If I'm not mistaken, Connor McDavid took about a week to do. It could take a month. For our organization, I don't think there's there'll be much of a panic level if Eric Carlson is not signed on July 2nd. Of course we want to sign Eric Carlson. Of course we want him to retire as an Ottawa center. But at the same time, it's also Eric Carlson's choice. You know, uh, I think we've seen in the past some players want to try di different organization, different teams. But in saying that, we will do everything in our power to sign Eric Carlson. Before you even get to him, you've got some financial pressures. I don't want to call them headaches because they're not that yet. But Kyle Turris is in the last year of his contract. He's an unrestricted free agent. Have you begun talks with him? Yep, we've, we've had uh, we have we've had some talks. I uh, would even consider healthy discussions with Kyle. Uh, same as with Craig Anderson. Uh, we've had some healthy. Are those are those deals that could conceivably get done in season? Ideally, at times agent put put time frames on deals like those. I, all I know is that deals can be done at any time. Right. Uh, the one time you probably don't want to do a, an extension is during the playoffs. That would be probably the only time, but in season you can do a deal at any time. And you've got two big RFAs, Cody Cece, who plays a big role in your team, and, uh, and Mark Stone. Yeah, th those are obviously... Um, right now, our priority is more on signing the UFAs, but during the course of the season, both those players are eligible for salary arbitration. So we know if we can't come to an understanding, they'll both be with us the following year and they'll be playing for us at whatever an arbitrator decides. Though I do really enjoy going to arbitration. <laughs> You've got, I think, ballpark $5 million below the cap. Um, you're a budget team. Um, lots of teams in the National Hockey League are. Is that money there available for you to spend right now, or are you a, a budget team and and you'll just keep that until the trade deadline and see where you're at? Well, we did that last year. Mr. Melnick at the trade deadline told him we could be uh, more than a playoff team if we made a few moves, and he was very supportive of that. And he's always telling me, Pierre, you do what you have to do to make this hockey team as competitive as possible. At the same time, I've studied a lot of what other GMs have done from afar over my scouting career, being an assistant GM, and sometimes you don't throw money away. And I think every contract that we've tried to do over the last few years, 
are pre pretty reasonable. I think the, I, w I always tell the players, don't sign a contract unless you're happy. And everyone that's ever stepped in my office over the last course of a few years has always been happy to sign the contract. So at the same time, we're always going to be conscious about how we spend money. But if we feel we can take a step and we need to spend a few more million dollars, we will go ahead and do it. Do you think there's a, the, the lineup that you have right now on paper, do you think you will add to that before the, the season begins? There's always a possibility. Uh, Want to announce any trades or signings? No, no, there are no trades today. No, I, I think, I, I think, I think we'll start with what we have right now. We might bring a few PTOs, uh, but at the at the present time, I think we'll start with what we have. See, we have some blue chip prospects in Colin White. I, I feel Logan Brown is as good as a prospect as we have, and Thomas Shabbat, and we we owe it to those guys, and we owe it to a guy like. Nick Paul or Max McCormick or Chris DiDomenico to have a legit chance to start with our team. You know, a month into the year, that might change, obviously. But at this point in time, I feel very comfortable that the roster we have on paper is a playoff team. In a vacuum, if you could just snap your fingers right now and improve one very specific area of your team, what would it be? If I had to improve one part of our team right now... Or one position, or one type of player, or... Can I say uh, go away be two games without an injury? <laughs> no, that's not allowed. Uh, I, I think I really am comfortable about our, our defense. I really am comfortable about our goaltending. Uh, I think if we could add one veteran forward, that would be probably my wish. A little more depth? Just a little more depth. I, I, I like our top two lines. I, I like our bottom two lines, but you know through the season you're going to run through injuries. And we know we got guys on the third and fourth line can step up in short instances to maybe play on the second line. But adding another veteran guy would be something that I'd be looking to do. And I know my coach would be happy. I ask a lot of the general managers that I've been interviewing this question, is there anything that, aside from the, the normal things general managers worry about, which is everything, is there something about this team that might keep you awake at night? You, you know what, the one thing, if I had one wish, I would hope that Nicole Anderson's cancer never returns. If you ask me one thing, I think there's a more of a human side to sometimes some of us. And if you told me that that would not return, not because of the hockey, hockey's secondary. I think more about life because you saw what that family had to go through last year. You, know, you see that uh, Craig's got two kids and you don't know, you know, you never know. That'd probably be the, the, if there's one thing that I think about sometimes, you know, hope that she has a healthy life for a long, long time. Well, it, it, the organization went through a lot and obviously over the course of the summer, the passing of Brian Murray, we used to, I used to sit and do these interviews with him. He was one of my absolute favorite, uh, favorite people in the game. So uh, not a great answer. Um, final question. Um, is, is there a part of you and, and maybe everybody in the organization that almost revels in the fact that the Senators are sort of an underdog that, you know, as I said, I, we haven't seen the preseason predictions yet, but I'm, I'm going to guess, I don't make predictions myself, except I'll make this prediction, that when the predictions come out, a lot of the predictions are going to say the Sens aren't going to make the playoffs and that they're an easy team to, to push aside. Do you guys almost revel in that underdog mentality that we want to prove everybody wrong and use that as fuel? Um, I, I think some of our players do. Um, I, I don't get really bothered by predictions. Uh, I think we, we all have a job to do. 
We all try to build the best hockey team possible. Guy and his staff try to coach the best hockey team possible, and the players try to play to the best of their ability. A lot of them did that last year, and I'm more happy when the players are mad about it than when, because me, it doesn't bother me. You're going to get criticized, you're going to get questioned. That's part of the job, especially when you're a general manager in a Canadian market. And people question maybe the success we had last year, but I feel we're just scratching the surface of what we can achieve. But at the same time, making the playoffs will be as difficult as it was last year. Here, thanks for taking the time doing this, and good luck this season. Thank you, Bob. Okay, that's it for the At TSN Hockey Every Other Friday Bobcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like to submit a question on hockey or just about anything else, email it to bobcast at bellmedia.ca. That's B-O-B-C-A-S-T at bellmedia.ca, and we'll try to get it on the next Bobcast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. That's At TSN Bob McKenzie. And for great hockey coverage all year round, follow the At TSN Hockey Twitter account and make tsn.ca your source for all things hockey, especially for the Tuesday and Thursday editions of Insider Trading with myself, Darren Dreger, and Pierre Lebrun. Thanks for tuning into the Bobcast. See you next time, and have a great weekend.